Just remain standing just for a second. Then, then Joshua rose early in the morning. And they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. And he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. Come on, this is crossing over day. And so it was after three days they commanded the people saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. We drop down to verse 14 of Joshua chapter 3. It says, So it was when the people set from their camp to cross over the Jordan, with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water. Hear this. For the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream, upstream, stood still rose up in a heap very far away at Adam or Adam. And then the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. I want to talk to you from this idea today. God is up to something. In fact, it's the title of my message today. God is up to something. Now, before I pray, before I let you be seated, my hope this morning is that when you leave here in just a moment, that your faith would be so awakened to this truth. I want you to hear it, this truth. That whenever you see a problem, heaven has a plan. Whenever you see a problem, heaven has a plan. Father, help me today to communicate, to articulate, to minister your word. Thank you that it's powerful. It's anointed. God, I pray that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see. God, let, 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 let answers be released in this place to the questions that people are asking. God, confirm your word with signs following. God, we thank you for this special day of crossing over. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated just for a bit. If you would, just give me a moment here and see if I can finish up what we've been trying to do for the last three times that I've been speaking. We've been looking at five specific instructions, if you've been with us for the last several months, five specific instructions that God gave to Joshua here in Joshua chapter 3, first, actually first three chapters, that prepared them for this great event that we just read of crossing over into a land of promise, a land that God had for them. God's people are positioned here for a brand new beginning. And I think that's the reason why the Lord has had me in a holding pattern for most of the year teaching out of Joshua is because the book of Joshua represents a book of new beginnings. Its companion book in the New Testament would be the book of Ephesians. Um, so this is a new beginning for God's people. They're about to cross over the Jordan into the land of promise. It's a new season. It's a, 
It's a season of expansion and enlargement. Remember, they have come, come from slavery. They've been, they've been out there 40 years in the wilderness with just barely getting enough. And now they are going into their land of promise. Uh, it's crossing over day. They're going into their land of increase, not a land of shortage. The Bible calls this land a land where the milk and honey flows. I ain't got time, but that's prophetic picturing to, to illustrate how blessed this land was. But before this can happen, like we've been saying, God talks to them about some daily preparations, some daily responsibilities. And we've been working on all five of them. We're on the fourth one, and we're going to get back into that. So God talks to them about their todays. Well, actually, he actually talks about their yesterdays, and we've talked about that, that he had healing for their yesterdays. And then he talks to them about their tomorrows. He said, I have miracles for your tomorrows. So God has your yesterdays covered, and God has your tomorrows covered. But then there are preparations he needs you to do for your todays if you're going to see the miracles tomorrow. And he, he, he begins to tell us those preparations in the first three chapters of Joshua. The first one was to prepare their priority, to prepare their priority. If we're going to cross over into a land of abundance, into a place that God has for us, we, we have to prepare our priority. And we found out that that priority was the Word of God. It is a priority to every Christian and every believer that the Word of God is our final authority. The Word of God is how we, we take our next step. It is our marching orders. To be a Christian really means that the Word of God is your Lord. It's funny how many people don't even read the Word, nonetheless even do the Word. But to be a Christian means that the Word of God is your authority. Therefore, it has to be your priority. And if you're ever going to see a land of, of promise and a land of increasement and, and a land of blessings, then you're going to have to make the priority of the Word of God. The second one was a position, a, a preparation, a position that would stand against the evil. No fear here. That, that's bigger than what you think because that's what the news media is trying to put in you right now. That's what society is trying to put in you right now. Remember, the, the enemy, Satan himself, accesses your life through fear. He can put recession on you if you fear recession. He can put sickness on you if you fear sickness. So God says, before you can cross over to a land of abundance, a land of wholeness, a land of healing, a land of blessing, you must have a position that when fear comes knocking at the door, you don't open it. Not signing for any fear here, right? No fear. Somebody say, no fear here. I will fear, the Bible says, I will fear no evil. The third one was a preparation of passion. It's where we give God our full surrender that there's no other lovers. <laughs> that, when, that, that whatever God wants is, 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 is what I, I love. What God loves, I love. What he hates, I hate. It's a Kadesh. It's a, it's a full surrender unto him. And then the fourth one was a preparation of pursuit. Preparation of pursuit. We're, we're in our third lesson on this. I'm, I'm determined to get through it in the next three minutes. Um, we find this in Joshua 3, verses 2 to 3. It's a pursuit of God's presence. It says, so it was after three days, they commanded the people, saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and 
go after it. Go after it. Notice that they were told, uh, don't let the box, don't let the Ark of the Covenant out of your sight, that you must pursue it, you must go after it. And we spent the last several times when I've been teaching talking about the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represents simply the presence of God. So what God is telling them is that they must have a pursuit that pursues the presence of God. Thus, tonight is 6 o'clock. If God says we need to pursue Him, then we need to give space for that to happen. I know we're busy people. I know there's a lot of other things going on. There's a lot of other things we could be doing. But if we want God to move, i got to pursue the presence of God. So God's people were to be a people in daily pursuit of God's presence. We talked about that, what that meant practically. We talked about you pursue God's presence by, by hearing His Word. When you read His Word, you encounter His presence. Uh, we talked about you pursue by being a person of prayer, that when you talk to God, when you pray, uh, you encounter God's presence. We talked about how when you worship, when we praise, when we worship, when we engage, when we, we don't treat worship service like a concert and just listen, when we engage and we worship and we open our mouths. And, and can, I, can I remind you that your hands are actually a tool of worship? As I was looking around today watching people, I was shocked at how many people had their hands in their pockets. The Bible says lifting up holy hands. And the, did you know by lifting up your hands in the sanctuary, you actually can, 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 can begin to have an encounter with the presence of Almighty God? Well, that seems so stupid. It just seems so weird. Well, there's a lot of things in the Bible that seem stupid and weird, but it works. And if God wants me to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubt and worship him. This, this, these are instruments of worship, not just singing. Your, your, your hands are an instrument of, raise your hands right now. Come on, everybody, raise, raise your hand. Now, this feels awkward, right? Because the last time you did that, a cop was chasing you, and, you, and it was uncomfortable. It was just full of surrender, but, but that's what it means. I'm just surrendering to God. I'm just surrendering I'm surrendering, and, and, and we found out that through our worship, through our worship, that's the reason why we spend so much time here at Celebration just singing. It's like, can, can you hurry that up and let's get to the main thing? Well, well the main thing is that. It is, it is our word because the Bible says he inhabits the praises. He comes. He lives in. And then we found out that you pursue by displaying your faith. It's your faith. It's your belief that causes you to begin to experience the presence of God. Again, let, let me remind you that there's so much made available in God's presence. We found out that, that abundance, and, and I believe they're going to put these on the screen again, but, but abundance is, is made available in the presence. Why, why would you not want to pursue the presence? It, the, this is what you find in the presence of God. You find comfort. Some of you are needing comfort. How do you get it? Not through another pill. You, you get it by pursuing God's presence. You, you can find deliverance and encouragement and favor and forgiveness and grace and healing. It's, it's amazing. Everything that you need in your life right now can be found in the presence of God. That's the reason why the enemy does not want you pursuing the presence of God. One of the greatest understandings that you could ever get 
about your God is that God's presence changes everything. Why would we worship? Because God's presence changes. Why would I study His Word? Because God's presence changes everything. Why would I pray? Why would I come to church? Because God's presence changes it. Can I say it another way? God's presence fixes everything. If you want your issues to be fixed, it's found in the presence of God. The greatest miracle you could ever experience is the miracle of God's presence living within you, living upon you, and living through you. The Bible says, the Word of God tells us, to find or to experience the presence of God is actually to find life itself. Some of you are looking for the meaning of life. You know where the meaning of life is? It's in His presence. You are never more fully alive than when you are in the presence of I don't know if you've ever been there. I've no, I don't know if you've ever had an encounter with the manifested presence. I'm not talking about the omnipresence of God. We taught all this in the weeks prior. I'm talking about the manifested presence of God that when you encountered it, it changes your life forever. If you ever get still enough and quiet enough and, and cry out to your God enough and seek your God, it's amazing what you will experience in the throne room of heaven. It fixes everything in your life in your life. Never are you more fully alive. Never. You need to hear that. Never are you more fully alive. I go through this all the time. I'll get busy and I'll neglect God. I know you've never done that, but pastors can get really busy with church work. You can have pastors that are so busy with church work, they don't even know the God of the work. Hello. And we can get so busy with church work that we don't know the God of the work, and then all of a sudden things aren't working. And I know I've been raising that when things aren't working, you know where I'm going? I'm going on my face before my God, and I'm going to cry out to God. And it's always amazing when His presence show up. I almost want to hit myself and say, what in the heck have you been thinking? Here is where life is. If you ever encountered the presence of God, you'll find life itself. Last week or a couple weeks ago when I was teaching, I began to give you two big ideas. We, we, we know so many things are made available in the presence of God. But from the story itself, from the text itself, I began to give you two, uh, two big ideas from the text why God's presence is so important to your life. Number one was this, and we've already covered it, but let me just remind you. The first thing, why God's presence is so important in your life, why you need to pursue God's presence is because of this, so you can know what God knows. So you can know what God knows. In fact, if you did not hear that message, I believe it was the best message I've preached in at least a hundred years. You need to go listen to it. Powerful, powerful truth. We find it here. It says, Joshua 3, verses 3 through 4, it says, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and what? Go after it. Why are we going to pursue the presence? Because verse 4 tells us that you may know the way, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. In other words, God's getting ready to take you somewhere you've never been 
before. Get ready, 2024. Your family's getting ready to go where it's never been before. Your marriage is getting ready to go where it's never been before. Your finances are getting ready to go where it's never been before. And so the reason why we need the presence, the reason why we need to pursue, the reason why we need to worship is because when we get in the presence of God, we begin to know things that God knows. God tells them that you have not, you have not been this way before, that you don't know what you need to know. So God's instructions to his people is to go after it, to pursue his presence so that they can know what God knows. God's presence is how you know what God knows. He says, follow this box, follow my presence, because it's going to show you the way. So I don't know what I need to know, but I don't have to stay in the unknown. I can pursue the presence, and I can know what God knows. If you spend your life unknowing, you're not a presence person. If you never know what to do, you never know the left hand and the right hand and whether to go straight or back. My, my wife's being encouraged. Ba baby, we may not know, but we're getting ready to know. We may not know today, but guess what? We're getting ready to know what God knows. That, that's why I'm getting in there. I got to know something because I've never been this way before. And that's, that's the trouble with religion. We already know. We just come in here and do our three little songs and our cute little sermons and our cute little church, and then we get back to our lives, what we want to do. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what to do, but we can know, and in his presence, amen, we find out what God already knows. I could preach all of that, but you need to go get whatever. The second thing, because I'm going to finish this today, I promise. The second thing why God's presence is so important. Number two, it's from the story itself. It makes the impossible possible. It makes the impossible possible. It answers the impossibilities in your life. Let me show it to you here in verse 8. You are to command the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant with these words, carry the Ark to the edge of the Jordan and wade into the water. This is the Passion Translation. Wade into the water. Now, what, what, th th this is crazy. I, I mean, when you really think about what God is telling them to do, this, this is absolutely insanity. That this is a death sentence. The Bible is very clear at this moment that the Jordan River is at flood stage. It is, it is overwhelming. In fact, it's overflowing, the Bible says, its banks. It is actually a... He's telling you, you've got to go into this river. You've got to wade out into this river. And this is a raging river with all kinds of debris floating down it. Let me tell you what scholars tell us about this river at this time. They say this river could have been as much as a mile wide, a mile wide, uh, and 10 feet deep. The currents would have been about 40 miles per hour, raging rapids. Think about this, a river that's a mile wide, 10 feet deep in, in the center, 40 mile per hour rapids or currents. So, so now, now today, just because some of you have been to Israel, you know that the Jordan is not that wide. It'd be very uh, disappointing if you went to the Jordan River today. Most of it's a creek. But, but here's what you need to understand is because of modern uh, irrigation and the management of the water, uh, they control all of that. But that wasn't the case back then. It was much different. 
They're, 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 they have reservoirs getting the water. But in that day, it was much different. And, 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 and the Bible says it was a rainy season. The river is swollen. Scholars tell us that it could have been up to a mile wide. And God's people are supposed to cross it. Oh, I could tell you some stories here in my journeys. You can't, this, you can't cross a, a river that's a mile wide. That, that's, that, that's got a 40-mile-an-hour current. This is humanly impossible for anybody to cross this river. This is a raging river. This is a death sentence. This is an impossibility. You can't cross a flooded river. You can't cross a flooded river that's a mile wide. Unless, unless you, the Ark of the Covenant's going before you. You can't cross a flooded, raging, raging river, river a mile wide, unless God's presence is going before you. You can't do it unless, unless God is going to do something or God is up to something. You can't do it unless God is going to work a miracle in your life. And in Joshua chapter 3, verse 13, notice what God says to Joshua concerning this situation. He says, the moment the feet of the priest carrying the ark of the Yahweh the Lord of all the earth touched the water of the Jordan. He says a great miracle will happen. Now, they're not actually doing it here, but God is saying, when you do this, Joshua, there's going to be a great miracle because it's going to take a great miracle. This is an impossibility in their lives. It's absolutely humanly impossible to do what God is saying unless, unless, unless God is going to work a miracle, unless you're pursuing the presence of of God. Joshua 3, verse 15, it tells us about that very moment they did what God said to do. The very moment the priests with the ark dipped their feet in the river's edge, the water coming downstream toward them stopped flowing and piled up in a solid wall as far as upstream as Adam or Adam. Everybody shout upstream. The Bible said a solid wall as far upstream as Adam. Now notice for the miracle to happen. The Bible says that the, the priests waded out into the water with the ark. They had to take God's presence. They're carrying God's presence and they begin to take a step and they begin to wade out into that crazy, crazy, dangerous water. And the Bible says that when their feet dipped into the waters, that the waters hear this now, that the waters upstream at Adam stood still. When they took a step and took a step and took a step, the Bible says that the waters upstream, say upstream, begin to dam up. Now, now, now for years, I, I always thought that the waters parted where they were stepping where they were crossing. In fact, if you Google this, most of the pictures of this scene will show that the waters is parting there. That's, that's the reason why you need to read your Bible and stop Googling. The Bible says they stepped in to the waters and upstream the waters parted. Hmm. The Bible says that the waters were dammed up upstream at a city called Adam. There was something happening, but it wasn't happening where they were at. It was happening at 
Adam. It was happening at Adam. And, 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 and what you'll find is that Adam is like 17 to 20 miles upstream. Let's just say 20 miles, just to make it simple so you can remember. 20 miles upstream, there is something happening, but nothing is happening where they're at. So the Jordan water, where they're crossing, where they're standing, nothing's happening, nothing is changing. So they did what God said. They're obedient. But guess what? Their circumstances are still looking the same. Nothing is changing. It's still a raging you got to hear this. Where they're stepping, it's still a dangerous, raging river. The Bible says the moment they stepped in, a miracle happened, but it didn't happen where they're stepping. Nothing is changing where they're stepping. Nothing is changing with, with their obedience. They're doing what God said to do, but the circumstances, I'm talking to somebody here today, their circumstances are still the same, but as far as God is concerned, God is working on something. It may not be where you're at, but it's happening 20 miles. It's happening 20 miles, 20 miles up, upstream, upstream, the miracle the miracle is happening 20 miles. It's still raging. It's still a dangerous river where there some of you, that's, I've just typified the last five years of your life, the last three months of your life. It feels dangerous. God, we're doing the stuff. We're obeying. We're coming to church. We're giving. We're tithing. We're doing it, Lord, but the circumstances are still the same. But hear this. Hear this today. Even though their circumstances didn't change, According to God, the miracle was on the way. Because why? Because God, hear it today, because God was up to something. I need to tell somebody in their circumstance today, in their situation today, God is up to something. I need you to shout it out loud. Shout, God is up to something. They just can't see it. 20 miles away. The priests who are carrying the presence of God, they can't see it and they don't know what's... Can you imagine? This is crazy. If you've never been outdoors in a river, like you, you don't understand. This is absolutely... They don't... Nothing has... They don't see nothing. Listen, listen. This, this is crazy because this isn't being live-streamed. Nobody from the city of Adam is texting the priests and saying, hey, guys... No, no worries. The water has dammed up at Adam. Just give it a little bit of time and it'll drain out and you'll all be okay. They don't know any of this. Can you imagine living in the city of Adam and seeing the walls dam up there, seeing the miracle there, but the priests don't see the miracle? Crazy. You know what this is? It's a picture of faith. It's a picture of faith. This is, this is what faith really is looks like. This is what faith is, is all about. Here are these priests. They're carrying the presence of God. They're, 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 they're carrying. Come on, that's, that's who we are. We're carriers of the presence. That's the reason why we, 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 we come together and host the, the presence of God. We're carriers of the presence of God. They're carrying the presence of God into the water, and it's at flood stage, and they, they carry God's presence into that uncertainty, and they're obeying, and they're believing. That, that, that's what faith looks like. They're, they're believing that God was up to something. When nothing was changing, when the circumstances were the same, 
They had a faith and a belief that he who is, who, who is promised is faithful to do what he said. So they have to stand in that uncertainty. They have to stand in that crisis. They have to stand in that pressure. They're standing in that anxiety and that weariness without going back, without giving up, without quitting. Why are they doing that? Because that's what faith is all about. Bible says, having done all to stand, stand, stand therefore. You step out and nothing changes, but you trust and you believe that God is working on something. You pray that prayer of faith. You, you give those children to God and you take a stand in that raging river. And you trust and you believe that God is working on something. You pray, you give your tithe, you sow your seed, you believe for the increase, and you get into that river and you take a stand. And regardless of the circumstances, you believe that he is faithful. Who has? That's what faith is. Because surely, surely he will perform what he has promised. That's a picture of faith, having done all to stand. Stan, I'm trying to figure out how to unplug this, but there's just no good way here. Let me see if I can figure Tom, come back. That's how we'll do it. Tom, come back. It's what faith is all about. What's your flood today? Is it a financial struggle? What's your raging river? Is it a physical Struggle? Is it an emotional struggle? Is it a relational struggle? Well, what kind of chaos is in your life? Huh? What, what fearful thing are you dealing with? Stressful thing or painful situation? What, what impossibility are you up against? I've come to tell somebody today that in the chaos, in the crisis, in the impossibility, Pursue the presence of God. Be a carrier of the presence of God. Why, Pastor? Because God's presence answers the impossibility. Why should we come back and worship tonight? Because God's presence answers the impossibilities. In Psalms 97, 5, it says this, Mountains melt away like wax in the presence of the Lord. The mountains represents your issue. It represents your struggle. It represents your problem. It, 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 it represents the river, the raging, violent river that looks like it's going to destroy you and your family. And the Bible says the answer to that mountain, the answer to that issue, the answer to that problem is the presence. Your mountains melt. Your mountains melt at the presence of Almighty God. Come to tell somebody today, whenever you see a problem, heaven has an answer. Heaven has a plan. Now don't disconnect. I'm not done. I'm, I'm, I haven't got to the best part. We're almost there. Just three more minutes. Whenever you see a problem, Heaven has a plan. 
you need to carry the presence of God, take a stand in your situation, in the crisis and the uncertainty until you see what God has promised. Just because it does, church, listen, celebration, just because it doesn't look like it's working doesn't mean that God is not working on your behalf. I've come to tell somebody the miracle is on the way. It's just 20 miles away. Well, pastor, how long is it going to take for it to get? I don't know, but I'm here to tell you he is faithful who promised it's on the way. Now, now here's the problem. Here's the problem. And I believe this is a powerful truth that I need to make sure I get into this part of the message. The problem is with us believers is we live our life downstream instead of upstream. Let me explain. The waters of uh, uh, the, 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 the waters flow down from the mountains of Jerusalem there and they flow into the Sea of Galilee. And then from the Sea of Galilee, they flow into the Jordan River. And then from the Jordan River, they flow into the Dead Sea. And I know that doesn't mean much to you. So I got a map so that you can see it and maybe they can put that on the center screen because I really want to, you to get this visual that the waters Jerusalem flow down from the mountains. They flow into the Sea of Galilee, down the River Jordan, right through Adam. This is about where they crossed, right into Jericho, right into the Dead Sea. The problem with many of us is we live downstream instead of upstream, and the waters flow from the Sea of Galilee into the Jordan into the Dead Sea. Well, why, why do they call it the Dead Sea? Because the Dead Sea has so much salt in it that nothing can live in the dead things. Things don't live downstream. There's nothing living in the Dead Sea. There's, things don't live downstream. It's not a coincidence that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. They say about the same place that they crossed. He, he was baptized in the Jordan River, typifying his death, burial, and resurrection, not for him, but for, for you, for, for me, for, for all of for all of humanities. It, it's when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River at the almost the same kind of place, same location. It, it's a picture of what was happening on the cross. That 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 Jesus, it's a picture, it's a, it's, it's a picture of, of how Jesus would take our sins. Jesus would take our failures, he'd take our shame, he'd take our mistakes, and and, and he would wash them downstream to the Dead Sea where they would never live ever again. Oh, you didn't hear me. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, it's a picture of death, burial, and resurrection. It's a picture of him washing away your sins, your failures. Come on, all of your mistakes, and they're being washed downstream. They're being washed. Where are they going? They're going to the Dead Sea so that they'll never live. Your failures are never to live again. Your sins are never to live again. Your mistakes are never to live again. 
That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 8, 12, for I'll forgive their wickedness. This is speaking about our God. Oh, this is so important. I know you just got to give me three more minutes. This is so I'm, I'm closing, but this is so important. You got to get the, the picture here of what's going on in the Jordan and and and, and how important it is to live your life upstream and not downstream because downstream is where your mistakes go. Downstream is where your sins go. Downstream is where your failures go. Downstream is where your unbelief goes. Jesus wants to wash it all to the dead, to the dead sea. And that's why it says about our God, for I'll forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. In other words, I'm going to wash them away where they're dead. No more. Micah 7.19, you will completely wipe out. This is talking about your God. You'll completely wipe out the evil things we've done. You'll throw all of our sins into the bottom of the... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's he going to do with your sins? When Jesus was baptized... In the Jordan, it was a picture of what was being washed away downstream out of your life. Your guilt, your shame, your sin, your failures, your mistakes. And the Bible says that God says, I will remember them no more. In fact, I will bury them in the sea. Hello, Dead Sea. I'm going to get rid of them forever and they will live. God, you ought to get more. They'll live no more. I've just come to tell somebody today, God isn't working downstream. God's working upstream. You see, downstream is where your doubts will take you. Downstream is where your fears will take you. Downstream is where your unbelief will take you. Downstream is where your failures and your mistakes and your sins, they want to take you downstream. But I've come to tell somebody today, we serve an upstream God. God is up. Ah, oh, God is up. I'm, I'm telling, telling you, 20 miles away upstream, there's a miracle taking place. You might, oh my goodness. We serve an upstream God. God's up to something upstream. God intends for you to live your life upstream. And that is what we call faith. Faith is living upstream being carriers of the presence of God, standing and believing and trusting God, knowing that heaven has a plan, knowing that God is up to something, knowing that he is faithful who has promised. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live your life downstream. Stand to your feet. You're going to hear that better if you stand. Look, look at this preacher today. I'm preaching better than you're shouting or you're preaching better than you're letting on. You don't have to live your life downstream in that failure, in that shame, in that sin, in that cat. You don't have to. You can live upstream where the presence of God is, where your future lives and your destiny lives. Listen, some of you are living downstream. That's not where your destiny is. That's not, where, that's not where your purpose is. That's, that's, not, that's not where your future lives. Yeah. 
I'm not sure how long it took. I'm not sure how long it took for for that miracle to get to where they're crossing. I don't know. We, we really don't know. Scholars say like they dammed up at Adam and was just like unplugging the, the bathtub and it just slowly began to drain out. Everything that needed to flow downstream, flowed downstream until it was all washed away in the Dead Sea. But for the priests and God's people, they were living, believing, trusting in a God that was upstream. I've come to tell you today, you serve a God who's upstream. He's, he's, up, he's, he's up to something upstream. You might not be able to see it. Your circumstances might not have changed. But don't you dare get in doubt and unbelief. Don't you dare quit and throw in the towel. Don't you dare go downstream. Because if you'll, if you'll continue to carry the presence of God, I don't know how long it took, but I'm here to tell you, come to tell somebody the miracle is on the way. Keep your pursuit of the presence of God. Go after the presence of God. Why? Because the presence of God makes the impossible possible. Live your life believing and trusting in a God that's up, upstream. I prophesy over you today. I declare over you today into that situation. Receive this today. In that need that you have, in that crisis that you're facing. I prophesy into that sickness and into that depression today. God is up to something. He's doing something in the unseen. God is up to something in that family, in the marriage, in your finances, in that doctor's report, in your children. God is up. He's a God who's upstream. The miracle's already started. It just hasn't gotten to you yet. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Be a carrier of the presence because the miracle is on the way. It's on the way. We receive it today, Lord. We receive it today. Hands lifted in this place. We receive it today. God, in that marriage, we receive it today. In that home, God, in that business, in that struggling business, the struggling finances, God, we receive it today. We're not going to quit. We're not going to throw in the towel. We're not going to give up. We're not going to live our life downstream where our dreams die, where our purpose dies, where our destiny dies. God, we believe. We're a people of faith. God, we're expecting the best is yet to come. God, regardless what we sense and regardless what we see, God, in the, in the moment and in the place that we're crossing, we know that we serve a God that's faithful and the miracle's on the way. Because when we see a problem, God's got a plan. God is working 
on I release that into every situation. Be healed. Be delivered. Be set free. It's on. It's coming. <laughs> it might be 20 miles away. I, I speak to that marriage. Be whole. Speak to those children. Be made healed. Oh, in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. It's on the way. That business. Be restored. Be made whole. Come on, one more time. Just lift your hands. Serving upstream God. carriers of that presence. Miracle is on the way. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 